You're listening to Fidim Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, October 1st, 2023, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled, Changing One's Mind is Difficult and Humbling. Jesus said, you did not change your minds. You did not change your minds. Who is he talking to? What is he talking about? This is Jesus talking to the chief priests and the elders. And he's pointing to the tax collectors and prostitutes who did change their minds about their way of life, about what defined their life, about who to follow. And what does it mean to be human and who Jesus is? They had a change of mind and a change of heart. When Jesus says this to the chief priests and the elders, it gives us a little insight. We can say other things about this. We can say that Jesus wants them to change their minds about him, about the Father. He wants us to change our minds. He expects them to change their minds. He's come to straighten them out. And I think if we extrapolate from this, one of the best questions we can ask people, maybe they can ask us when we find ourselves in the wrong, what can I do to change your minds? What can I do to change your minds? Our Lord says this to them, and I can only imagine how they received it, what they might have felt when he was saying this. Because he does it as a comparison and a warning. A comparison to the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And he says to them, some of these will get into the kingdom of heaven before you. Ouch. Ouch. And I imagine maybe some of them probably humbly received it. And were inspired to change their minds and hearts even though it's humbling. My guess is many of them were insulted. Who do you think you are telling us, comparing us to these prostitutes and tax collectors? Either way, if and when they didn't change their minds or even if they did change their minds, we know that changing one's mind is difficult. It is difficult to admit that we have been wrong about something You know, Paul's letters to the Philippians, he makes some real challenging challenges. He says to the Philippians, I want you to have the same mind, the same love, united in heart, the same attitude, and thinking one thing. Let me say it again. The same mind, the same heart, the same love, the same attitude, and thinking one thing. If you've ever been in a group of people and you try to get anybody to think the same way, well, try it. Try it. Now, some of you who are my age or older, remember going to, oh, I don't know, the the video rental place. You have a bunch of people, and you got to decide on one movie. Do you remember that hell? (laughs) Do you remember that? Well, let's get this one. Oh, I've already seen that. I don't want to see that. We only decide on one. What about that? I don't know what, oh, my gosh, it was awful because you ought to make a decision on one thing. 
But that presupposes what St. Paul and our Lord expects of the Philippians and of us, that some of us may have to change our minds, change our attitudes, and even harder, to even change our allegiances, our allegiances to different groups or communities. Now, we know this because we get, especially when we get to that, that silly part of the, the year known as election season, when it comes to politics and religion, conversations can get heated. But men know this especially, politics, religion, and sports can become heated exchanges. If you don't think so, be around a bunch of guys who love sports, and when they start arguing about who's the best running back of all time, who's the best boxer of all time, who's the best quarterback, because a lot of times they've already made a decision, and other people start giving opposing views, and they get challenged, and very, very seldom do you hear someone say, oh, you know, I think you're right. How often does that happen? How often does that happen in marriage between a, a couple that's in, a, in an argument or a disagreement? They go, oh, you know what? I think you're right. Oh, I heard something. <laughs> because these are long hauled to opinions, attitudes, and prejudices. Now, some of them, if you, if you believe and hold something that is true, well, then hold on tight to it. But other things you may have to change. If I can give a few examples. We moved to San Marcos when I was in the sixth grade. So since the sixth grade or the twelfth grade, I was a rattler. We were the San Marcos Rattlers. And you just grew up with that. And everybody wore purple. And you cheered for the team even though they were awful most of the time. But that's what, that was part of our identity. It's only when I grew up and started to coach for a different opposing team and traveled to San Marcos to play my old team, that's a strange experience. And it required that I switch allegiances, which, which is not easy. If I can give one more example, and I realize he may be watching today, but one of my best friends from high school, his whole family were always diehard Baylor fans, Baylor Bear fans, and he used to dress like this all the time. Hats, everything, their socks, you know. They even had season tickets to the away games. But as we grew up, he married a young lady from Mississippi and then moved to Mississippi. She got her bachelor's degrees and master's degrees at Old Miss. So actually, this was about a year ago. We were texting, and I said, look, Ole Miss is playing Auburn. And he said, yeah, I think we'll win that game. And I said, did you say we? He said, yes, my wife is an Ole Miss fan, and I want a happy marriage. So I am a, happy, I am a diehard. Sometimes changing of allegiances is required. But also, our experience, even our conversion, sometimes demands a change in attitude towards the church, towards our faith, even towards ministry. If I can make a plug, I think we have a great, if not the best, youth ministry, Kisses. And in that, we, we have, usually have a talk for the kids, but then we break off into groups. And we split them off by gender and age. And I take the senior boys. 
And the reason I take the senior boys partly out of duty and part, partly out of my history, because I think the very fact that we have senior boys is, says something about us. But I think growing up, especially when I went to Catholic school in the first five years, every single one of my teachers was female. Nothing wrong with you ladies. All my religion teachers were female. Sister Mary Agnes, Sister Harriet, and then Sister Rosemary, the battle axe. <laughs> but even when I came to Texas and when I went to CCD or whatever it was, and every one of our teachers was female. Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with you ladies. But it doesn't still an attitude that Christianity, religion, Catholicism is girly. Now, I think that's, that's embedded in some of the cultures, in some of our cultures too. In Hispanic culture, that is prevalent. That's going to mass is something the, the girls do. But when I was in the sixth grade, we had a substitute teacher for religion class who was a man. And I couldn't verbalize it then, but there was something very comforting, very affirming, new, and all the boys in the class, we were locked and loaded on him. Because not only was he a man, he was manly. There's a difference. And fast forward a couple years, I went through confirmation class with the sisters, and you know, all we had was female teachers, and me and the boys, we would cut up in class. But for one class, one time, for about a half an hour, the priest came in. And he had never come in. There was somebody who was male, a priest, and manly was talking to us. Again, we acted different. We were locked and loaded. There was someone like us that we could look up to. It was different. And because of that, you could say in some sense, I changed my mind. Being a Catholic was not something girly or effeminate. No, it is also a masculine religion. We are part of the body of Christ, not just the bride of Christ. And to remember that Jesus' masculinity, his celibacy, is theologically significant. But oftentimes as leaders and fathers and parents, our opinions change when we're confronted when our leadership is challenged and sometimes humbled. Now, I don't want to make this sermon totally about me, but this is what happened to me when I was preparing for this homily. For two years, I coached junior varsity soccer, and for three years, I coached varsity soccer. And my first year as varsity soccer was always boys. I was really hard on the boys. They were late for... If they were late for practice, I made them run miles. If they didn't come to practice, they didn't play, and they have to run again. We, and I was hard on them and strict, kind of like a general. They little called me Jefe Pequeño, if you know what that means. <laughs> but the second year, the second year I decided, you know, I'm going to back off. I'm going to go easier, be nicer, you know, let them have fun, you know. Not be so rigid. And about halfway through the season, I walk in my office, and there's three or four or five senior boys. Coach, we want to talk to you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, what's up? And they kind of surrounded my chair, too. And they said, Coach, we think you're too soft. 
I have a mark on my head, don't I? I said, what do you mean? So I told them my mind, and they were like, well, so-and-so's late, and so-and-so's not showing up, and you're still letting them play, and, and it's becoming less disciplined. And I told them what I was thinking. Well, you know, it's kind of hard on you guys. Last year, I didn't want to be so rigid. And that, that was my thinking. And they said, well, we're here to change your mind. But what I mostly remember is them leaving and sitting in the chair, feeling embarrassed, challenged, humbled. But they had changed my mind. They were not my sons, but they were closest to being my sons. And I say this too because I think Jesus starts at least two of his parables with there was a man who had two sons. You probably recognize one of them, the prodigal son. There was a man who had two sons. Today, it starts the same way. There was a man who had two sons. And they both listened to dad and they both changed their minds. One to the better and one not. And it was a struggle for both of them to think with one mind as their father. It was a challenge. It was a challenge. One departed from his father. The other one was converted back and in line with his father's mind. This is the role of a father. Sometimes we have to confront and change minds and hearts and oftentimes it starts with changing actions. So if I can, if I can give you one more example. When I was first ordained, I was an associate pastor in another parish. Excuse me. And we found out one of the men who was very involved in our parish and his wife who taught in our school, one of the men who was very involved in our parish was a Freemason. Actually, he was the worshipful master in the Masonic temple. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. But we found out he was a Mason, and the pastor went and confronted him. You cannot be Catholic and a Mason. You cannot be a Mason and a Catholic. It is a separate religion, and we can talk about that later. But I remember that caused a rift. It was tough. I didn't do it. He did. Thank God he did it. But that had to be confronted to remember that Mother Church is very explicit on some things, and sometimes she asks you to change allegiances because some allegiances and alliances are wrong. It was a change of attitude, a change of heart. Now, I'm not sure quite how that worked out. I just knew that it was a kerfluffle. But that's what fathers are for. To remind them, you know, when a man says to his son or daughter, listen to your mother. How important is that? And when Mother Church tells us something, it's up to us men to say, Mom said this and I'm here to enforce it. Please have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of attitude, and that's going to take some work. As we get closer and closer to Advent, the readings will start to get a little bit more urgent, like today. They start focusing on the end times. They start focusing on the eschaton. They start focusing on the day of our resurrection when we will be judged. And so until we get there, pray for the grace to know what things we need to change our minds on that we can think in accordance with the Father, 
with Mother Church and with Christ. And hopefully, Jesus will say not what he said to the priests and the elders, say to all of us, you did change your minds. You did change your hearts. You did change your attitudes. Now come and enter your master's joy. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica. The Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be made aware when new episodes are released. <laughs>